Jesus, we're in your presence today. We sent you here. So come and be the teacher amongst us. Come and speak to our hearts. Fill us with your presence today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, good morning and welcome to First Church. If you are new with us today, my name is Andrew and I am the lead pastor uh, here at First Church. And you find yourself right smack dab in the middle of a series that we are calling We Are. If you would, everyone together, let's say it. We are. And what we're doing is we're exploring the mission and the vision and the values of who God has called us to be. Why do we exist? Why are we here? Our mission statement, if you're new with us, let's look at it together. Everyone, let's say it out loud. We exist to live out God's story in our community. We exist to live out God's story in our community. And we do it by living into the eight core values that God has laid upon our hearts and minds. And today, I have the honor of leading you into our fourth core value, the core value of intentional apprenticeship. Intentional apprenticeship. Uh, Congregation participation this morning, how many of you have seen the TV show, The Apprentice? How many of you have seen the TV show? There's more. Don't be shy. It's okay. It's all right. How many of you have seen the TV show, The Apprentice? Very good. How many of you would say, I have never seen the TV show, The Apprentice? Oh, very good. I thought I might be in the minority, but if you're in that second group, that is me, right? I have never seen it, uh, never had it. In fact, uh, this is going to shock some of you. um, So if you're listening on the podcast, make sure you're seated for this part, all right? So uh, until about a month ago, the Twibel family didn't actually have cable uh, in our house. It's true. It's shocking, right? Didn't didn't even have cable. And and so uh, we got about two and a half channels. I went to Walmart and I bought one of those old school antennas, right, that you can kind of put up there, right? And depending on how you kind of moved it and depending on how much it rained that week and cloud cover and all that good stuff, we usually got about two and a half channels. And whatever channel the apprentice was on, uh, we apparently didn't ever get that channel. But then about a month ago, my wife came up to me and she presented a proposal for us to get uh, cable. And my wife has really solid logic. Uh, When she argues, she wins, right? And so the the logic, the argument went a lot like this. It went like this. Um, I'm pregnant. You did it. Get me cable. (laughs) Okay? So... I'm pregnant, you did it, get me cable. So what am I supposed to say? Okay, so I got her cable, and now the Twibel household has 122 channels right at our very fingertips. In fact, what I discovered the other day is you don't even need fingertips anymore because you can just talk into your remote and change the channel. And that's really awesome because you guys know I love voice texting, right? And it's just like voice texting. You just talk into your remote and you can access 122 channels anytime, day or night. And does anyone want to care to guess how many channels the Twible family watches right now? (laughs) Two and a half, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Right about two and a half, thanks be to God. Well, the good news for you this morning, whether you have seen The Apprentice or you haven't seen The Apprentice, is this. This message has nothing to do with that show, all right? It's nothing to do with it. I have no idea. I haven't seen it. I don't know what the core values of that show were, but my guess is they're a little bit different than the core values here at First Church. What do we value? We value intentional apprenticeship. In fact, if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. 
we feel so strongly about it, we say it like this. The fulfillment of our mission will be measured by our commitment to apprenticeship. The fulfillment of our mission will be measured by our commitment to apprenticeship. The problem is, not just in our church, but in many churches, churches I've pastored or worked with or consulted with, not many churches have a good system in place for intentional apprenticeship. We're not really great at it, and I think there's three reasons why. Number one, if you're taking notes, a lot of the times we say this. We say, well, I'm not a leader. I'm not a leader. I can't apprentice anyone. I can't apprentice somebody to become a leader because I'm not a leader myself. We say things like, well, I only work in the nursery, or I only sing in the choir, or I only do first impressions, or I only help out in the food pantry. And I'm not a leader, and so I can't teach anyone else how to lead. Why don't we apprentice? We say, I'm not a leader. Uh, Number two, we say, well, I'm the only one. I'm the only one. And by that, we can mean one of two things. Sometimes we mean, I'm the only one who can do it. I'm the only one who can do it. We don't mean to be prideful. We don't mean to to, to kind of put ourselves on a pedestal. But we think, well, well, no one else has my experience or or my gifts or my talents. No, No one has my passion for it, so I'm the only one who can do it. A little more devastating is the second one that says, I'm the only one who will do it. I'm the only one who will do it. And there's some of you that are like resisting the urge right now to get up on your pew and like say, hey, that's me. That's me because I signed up for something in 1976 and I can't get rid of it. I'm still doing it because I can't find anybody else who wants to do this. And you love your church so much and you love God so much that you won't quit, but you can't find anybody else who will do it. And so you don't apprentice anyone else. Why don't we apprentice? Well, I'm not a leader. I'm the only one. And then third, and and this one's really subtle, and it gets a lot of us, is we say this. We say, it's not that important. It's not that important. We either think to ourselves, you know what, I'm going to be here until Jesus comes back, so I don't need anybody else. Or we think, you know what, if I leave, they'll find somebody else. Not that big of a deal. It's not that important. And let me gently say this. I've I've been around this church and many churches for a long time, and I have seen too many ministries, too many events, too many programs, too many groups fall and fall short because somebody left, somebody passed away, or somebody moved away, and there was no one there to take up the reins. There was no one there to continue the work. And we say it's not that important. If you have your Bibles in Judges chapter 21, we see this really clearly. Uh, Many of you will be familiar with the story of Moses a great leader of the people of Israel. And he, he led for 40 years. And one of the best things that he did is he had an apprentice by the name of Joshua, right? So Moses had Joshua. So when Moses died, Joshua stepped into leadership and the people of Israel didn't skip a beat. Crossed the Jordan, conquered Jericho, conquered the land. It was fantastic. The problem is that Joshua didn't have a Joshua. Joshua didn't have a Joshua. And so when Joshua died, within one generation, the entire nation is in disarray. In fact, the last verse in the book of Judges, uh, chapter 21, verse 25, it says it like this. In those days, Israel had no, say it with me, had no 
king or had no leader, no one to lead them. So everyone did what? As they saw fit. In those days, they didn't have a leader. Joshua hadn't apprenticed anyone. There was nobody to take up the reins. And so everyone just did as they saw fit. It's what sometimes we call the Joshua problem. Leaders without leaders. That's why the way that we say our core value is so absolutely essential. In fact, if you would, it's be up on the screen. Let's read it together. We value intentional apprenticeship. We say it like this, up on the screen. Leaders develop leaders. Say it with me. Every leader identifies, equips, and releases new leaders. Leaders develop leaders. In fact, I feel so strongly about it, I would even go so far as to say this. If you're writing notes there in your bulletin, mark this down. Leadership without apprenticeship isn't leadership. Leadership without apprenticeship isn't leadership. If, you, if you're a leader and you don't have an apprentice, then you're not really a leader because there is no long-term sustainability for your ministry beyond yourself. Leadership without apprenticeship isn't leadership. That's why we have to live into this core value. That's why we say our commitment to apprenticeship will be measured. Our, our fulfillment of our mission will be measured by our commitment to apprenticeship. So you say, how do we do it? How do we live out intentional apprenticeship? I'm going to argue two really simple points from Scripture. And you're going to say, Pastor Andrew, that sounds really simple. And I'm going to say, you're right. It's really simple, but to put them into practice is extremely difficult. Easy to remember, difficult to practice. But I believe that if we embrace these two things together, that if everyone here this morning, our entire church, embraces these two things, it would radically transform the way that we do ministry in Kankakee County. So what are they? Number one, if you're taking notes, we believe this. Everyone serves somewhere. Say that with me. Everyone serves somewhere. Everyone serves somewhere. It might seem to go without saying, but before you can lead somebody else in a ministry, you've got to be in a ministry, right? Before you can apprentice somebody else to do something, you have to be willing to serve somewhere yourself. And I love how Peter says this in 1 Peter chapter 4. He says it like this. He says, each of you should you sit with me, whatever gift you have received to do what? To serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace. What's Peter say? He says, each of you. How many of us? Each of you. Say it together. Each of you, right? Each of you should use whatever gift you have to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace. Turn to your neighbor and say to them, that means you. Turn to your neighbor right now and say, that means you. That means you, right? Very good. Now, I want you to turn to your other neighbor, the one you didn't like as much the first time, okay? And I want you to say, that means me too, all right? That means me too. Don't take it personally. They do love you anyway, right? So (laughs) that means you and that means me too. It means everyone serves somewhere. In fact, if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. Our purpose in the church is not just to be filled up. But our purpose in the church is to be poured out. 
Our purpose of the church is not just to be filled up. We don't just consume. We don't just take in. Our purpose in the church is to be poured back out, to contribute, to use whatever gift we've been given to serve the kingdom. And maybe you say, well, well, I don't know what my gift is. Well, what do you love to do? Some of you, you're here, and God has given you a gift to use your hands, right? And it's like anything you touch, you can fix it. You can repair it. You can put it back together. You can make it as good as new. And you say, well, Pastor Andrew, that doesn't seem very spiritual. Trust me, it is, right? You can, you can help. God can use you here in this building. God can use you out in the neighborhood to bless someone who doesn't have those gifts, whatever gift that you have. Maybe you say, well, I'm not good with my hands, but I really do love people, right? I love people. You love to make them feel at home. You love to welcome them. You're very hospitable. And maybe God's saying, hey, you'd be a great fit for our first impressions team, for our hospitality team. Maybe you've got a gift of teaching, and you're humble, right? But the truth is, people listen to you when you talk. And maybe God's calling you and saying, hey, you'd be a great Sunday school leader or a great small group leader. Maybe for you, you love to sing or you love to play an instrument. And people love to hear you, right? Or at least they don't hate to hear you, right? They're not, they're not covering their ears, right? And we would love to have you serve in our band, in our choir, on our worship team, whatever gift you've been given. Maybe you've got a passion for telling people about Jesus. Jesus has transformed your life. You've got the testimony, right? I once was lost, but now I'm found. And you just want to tell people about it, and you want to participate in some of the things that we're doing to reach our community with the good news of Jesus Christ. Uh, maybe for you, you've got a gift of compassion. You, you just love to meet needs. And God's saying, hey, you could help out in the food pantry. Uh, you could help out on a missions team. You could travel to another country. You could travel next door and find someone whose needs need to be met with the gift of compassion. Uh, maybe for you, and this is a big one, you love babies. Do you have any baby lovers out there? I'm having one, so everybody raise your hand. Yeah, yeah. All right? Baby, all right. So you love babies, and babies love you, right? Your friends call you like the, the baby whisperer, okay? Like the baby is screaming. She's screaming her head off, which will be mine in about 58 days or so, right? Screaming her head off, right? And we hand her to you, and it's like Jesus walked into the room, right? It's like Jesus walked into the room. And you say, well, that's not really a gift. Let me tell you. From a guy who doesn't have that gift, that is certainly a gift, right? It is a gift. And, and real practically, uh, right now, this very week, we are looking for 10 people right here at First Church that say, I I've got a gift. I love babies. I want to disciple people at the youngest age. I would love to serve in our nursery ministry. Whatever gift, whatever gift. M maybe you've got the gift of encouragement, uh, my son, uh, uh, Lucas, uh, I think has that gift of encouragement uh, most of the time. He always hugs me and tells me how much he loves me. He's so great. He, he wasn't putting that into practice uh, last night. We were having dinner, and uh, Simone and I were kind of laughing about the fact she's getting a little bit bigger, right, at seven months uh, pregnant. And so we're joking about her being a little bit big. And Lucas turned to her, and he said, Mommy, you're not a little bit fat, and Simone said, well, thanks, Lucas. That was very nice. He said, no, you're just fat. <laughs> and at the age of three, as a male, Lucas learned a very important lesson, right? 
Never call a pregnant woman fat, right? Never do it, right? And his life will never be the same. Thanks be to God. But you've got the gift of encouragement, and people love to be with you. Whatever gift, whatever gift you have, Peter says, put it into practice to serve others because everyone serves somewhere. And here's the basic point. Make sure you get this. When we do this, it's not just for the good of the church, but it's also for the good of us. Because I truly believe this, and I've stolen this straight from Pastor Brandon, okay? So I'm, I'm attributing credit to him because he's sitting in the front row and I can't do it without telling him, right? This is so good. I don't want you to miss this. When we find a place to contribute, then we find a place to belong. When we find a place to contribute, then we find a place to belong. If you're here and you're saying, well, I don't know where I fit in, or I don't feel connected, or I don't know what to do, find a place to serve. And I believe that God will use that to draw people around you for the great work of the kingdom in this place. Number one, what do we do? Say it with me. Everyone serves somewhere. That was pretty weak. Let's say it again. Everyone serves somewhere. And then number two, if you're taking notes, write this down. Everyone leads someone. Everyone leads someone. Now, let me be clear. Maybe you're not called to lead something, right? Not everybody can be a leader or we're going to have six, 700 leaders doing their own thing, right? Maybe we're not all called to lead a ministry. We're not all called to lead an event or a program. But every single one of us has the ability to lead, to apprentice someone, And in fact, if you have your Bibles, I invite you to follow along with me in a couple verses. We'll start in Acts uh, chapter 16, because one of the best examples of this relationship is the one between Paul and a disciple by the name of Timothy, right? Paul had a Timothy, and we say it like this at First Church, leaders develop leaders. Every leader identifies, equips, and releases new leaders, and we're going to see real simply how Paul does this in the life of Timothy. Number one, if you're taking notes, we identify new leaders. Beginning in verse 1, Acts chapter 16 says this. Paul came to Derby and then to Lystra, where a disciple named, where a disciple named Timothy lived. The believers at Lystra and Iconium spoke well of him, so Paul wanted to do what? take him along on the journey, and so he circumcised him, all right? So Paul, Paul finds Timothy, <laughs> you already know where I'm going, Paul, Paul <laughs> finds Timothy, right, identifies him as a leader, what's he do? He circumcises him, all right? Now, if you're wondering, if anybody asks, right, that is not part of the first church apprenticeship program, Okay. Well, that is not how it starts. Thanks be to God. It would definitely hurt our participation right. No, no circumcision, all right? So Paul circumcises Timothy, but the most important thing that he does, underline, he does this. He takes him along. He takes him along. And, and maybe you're here and you're saying, you know, I, I don't feel like much of a leader. I can serve somewhere, but I don't know how to lead anyone. I don't know what else to do. It's really just this simple. Take somebody along. Take somebody along. It's what we call here an ICNU conversation. ICNU, a gift, a talent, an ability. You say, hey, you see somebody that's great with kids. And you say, hey, ICNU, the gift to work with children. Why don't you join me next month in our time at Children's Church? Or, hey, you've got a beautiful voice. 
I, I love your passion for worship. I could see you singing in the choir. Why don't you come with me next week? Or maybe you say, hey, you are fantastic working with students. They trust you. They love you. They connect with you. I could see you being a great small group leader. Why don't you come hang out with us tonight and see what it looks like? Or maybe you say, every time I see you, you make me feel so welcome. You make me feel so loved. I could see in you a great member of our First Impressions team, serving God, welcoming them into this place. And what are you doing? You're taking them along. You're taking them along in the journey. You're taking them along. It doesn't take anything special. You identify them and you take them along. Number two, if you're taking notes, is this. We equip new leaders. We train them up. Every leader equips new leaders and we train them up. Look what Paul says to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 3. So it's right at the end of their journey together. Paul is getting ready, uh, traditionally speaking, to, to die. And here's what he says. He says, but you, Timothy, certainly know, say it with me, what I teach and how I live and what my purpose in life is. You know what I teach. You know how I live. And you know what my purpose in life is. And don't kid yourself, folks. This isn't a short process, right? When Paul first found Timothy, he was young. He was inexperienced. He had no idea what God was going to call him to do. And if Paul had been looking for a seasoned veteran, if he'd been looking for somebody who was experienced, somebody who already knew all the answers, he would have looked right past Timothy. But instead, he identified him, he took him along, and then he trained him up. He trained him up. And this is why we say it like this at First Church. We don't discover great leaders. We develop great leaders. We're not just sitting here waiting for somebody to fall out of the sky and lead a ministry. We're not sitting here saying, oh God, please send us somebody who can do this or somebody who can do that. What we believe is that God has given us exactly who we need to do exactly what he's called us to do. Amen? That's really good. I'm going to say that again, and somebody's going to get blessed. God has already given us exactly who we need to do exactly what we've been called to do. Amen? And so we don't have to discover somebody else. We don't have to wait for somebody to move in from Hawaii or Alaska or South America, right? All we have to do is we have to develop the people that God has given us into great leaders. We don't discover them. We develop them. Because God has given us exactly what we need. And let me tell you, this training process really has so much to do with our own example, our own attitude, right? They're watching us. We're taking them along. And it's our own attitude and our perspective that makes all the difference. I'll give you an example. A couple years ago, Simone and I were out hiking down south. We love to get out and do hiking when we can. Obviously not now, but hopefully again in a year or so, Right? And so we were on this trail, and it was pretty strenuous, and Lucas was still small enough that he w could fit in a backpack on my back. And so we're going up this trail, and I was laboring uh, quite a, a bit, having a hard time, and we came across this family that was coming back down the trail. And the family had this little girl, she's probably six, seven years old or so, and, and she must have seen that I was really struggling, because she looked at me, she didn't know me, she just looked at me and she says, sir, you can do it, you're going to make it. You're almost there, right? And it was so encouraging. 
not to mention humiliating, the 70-year-old girl, right? Got up to the top of the mountain. I can do it, right? So we went about another 200 yards or so up the trail, and we came across another family. And this time they had a little boy about the same age. And they're walking down the trail, and they're past us, and he's reading his trail guide. And all of a sudden we're passing each other, and he looks up at me, and he doesn't know me either. He looks up at me, and he says, hey, sir, did you know that four people died on this trail this year? Not encouraging, right? Not encouraging. Same trail, same journey, same mission, right? But it's all about perspective. You're almost there. You can do it. You're going to make it. Uh, Maybe you're going to die, but good luck, right? It's all about our own perspective and what we're doing. Do you love your ministry? Is your heart poured into it? Do you know God has called you? Because your own compassion, your own desire will be contagious to draw other people in. What do we do? Number one, we identify new leaders. We take them along. Number two, we equip new leaders. We train them up. And then number three, if you're taking notes, we release new leaders. We send them out. We release new leaders and we send them out. And this is so vitally important. Because I get the question all the time, you talk about leadership and apprenticeship. People say, well, what are you trying to do? You trying to replace me? You trying to get rid of me? You trying to find somebody else to take my job? And here's the point. The answer is no. We're not trying to replace anyone. We are trying to reproduce everyone. We're not trying to replace anyone. We're trying to reproduce everyone. We say it like this. Apprenticeship is not about replacement. Apprenticeship is about reproduction. Apprenticeship isn't about replacing. We're not trying to replace you. We're trying to multiply you so it's not just you doing your ministry, but that God can multiply your kingdom impact in Kankakee County through this church. Amen? Not about replacement. It's about reproduction. And I love how Paul says this, 2 Timothy chapter 2. He says this, verse 2. And the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses, what's he say? He say, and trust to whom? To reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. And I don't want you to miss this because it's really subtle, but I want you to see this. In this verse alone, Paul talks about four generations of reproducible leadership. He says, number one, Paul, teaching number two, Timothy, who's going to do what? Entrust to whom? Reliable people, third generation, who are going to do what? To teach others, right? Four generations of reproducible leadership, of apprenticeship, carrying on Paul's message to the third, fourth, fifth, hundredth generation. And if I could be so bold as to say this, uh, we are the fruit of that. We are the fruit of that. Because Paul was called. Paul apprenticed Timothy. Timothy apprenticed some other people. Those people apprenticed some other people. And on and on and on it goes until you and I, in some way, shape, or form, have been touched by the power of the gospel. And our lives have never been the same. So the question this morning then really is simple. And it's this, where are you serving and who are you apprenticing? Where are you serving and who are you apprenticing? And some of you might be saying, I I can serve somewhere. I I can do that. 
but I, I don't really feel like a leader. I'm only a children's worker. I'm only a youth worker. I'm only working with the prime time. I, I'm only singing in the choir. And what God says is, no, 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 no. You're never just a children's worker. You're never just a youth leader. You're never just a choir member. You're never just a first impressions member. You're never just a board member. God has called you. God has equipped you. God has given you a unique set of gifts, talents, and abilities that he is asking you to pass on to someone else. And I'm telling you, your spiritual enemy will whisper in your ear right now. And he'll say, you can't do it. You're not a leader. You don't know anyone. You don't know what to do. And that is a lie from our spiritual enemy. Everyone can serve somewhere, and everyone can lead someone. And I'm telling you, church, if we will empower the right people, if we will apprentice the right people, if we will lead the right people, there is no limit to what God can do through this church in Kankakee County. There's no limit to what God can do. But if we don't, then we become the limit to what God can do in Kankakee County. Where are you serving? Who are you apprenticing? Because by the grace of God, this is what we will become. Intentional apprenticeship. Because that's who we are. Jesus, we thank you for your presence in this place today. We thank you for speaking. We thank you for your word amongst us. Come and speak to us right now by the power of your spirit. In Jesus' name. Uh, heads bowed, eyes closed. We continue to pray. Uh, I want to ask you a couple questions. And they're really uh, very simple. And the first one is this. You might be sitting here today and, and, and we've said, everyone serves somewhere. E everyone serves somewhere. And you're here today, and you know that God is talking to you. You've been a part of this church for some time now. You've been maybe sitting on the sidelines, watching, observing, weren't sure where you fit in or what to do. And today, the Holy Spirit spoke into your heart, and he said, hey, everyone serves somewhere. And you said, well, I don't know what gifts I have. Whatever gift, whatever gift, what do you love to do? Where do you love to serve? Because God wants to use you in an incredible way in this place. Maybe you're here today and you say, I'm already serving, and, and I want God to know I am all in. <laughs> I'm all in. I'm holding nothing back. Whatever gift I've been giving, I want to use it for the glory of the king. And if that's you this morning, you say, I want to serve somewhere. God, use me for your glory. Use me in your power. Use me to do something incredible in this church and in this community. If that's your heart today, you say, God, use me. Would you just slip up your hand right now? God, use me. Hands up everywhere. Hands up. God's, God, use me. Thanks be to God. God, use me in incredible ways. Okay, hands down. Second question, uh, I want to ask this. Uh, maybe you're here and you, you, you've, already, uh, you've already been serving, and God's already been doing an incredible work in your life and through your ministry. But if you had to answer the question really honestly, who are you apprenticing, you're not sure who it is. You've been doing great work. God's been blessing you. But you know that if you were gone and somebody else had to step in, there might not be anyone there. And you say to yourself today, I don't know who I'm apprenticing. And the truth is that leadership without apprenticeship isn't leadership. And today the Holy Spirit has spoken to your heart and he said, you are a leader. You are called to lead someone. 
There is someone here whom God is going to raise up and bring across your path who you can lead and you can apprentice. And your heart today is, I'm willing to step up. I'm willing to lead someone. And I don't want you to take this question lightly. I don't want you to raise your hand because you think it's the right thing to do or because we just spent a whole sermon talking about it. But I honestly want you to, 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 to look in your heart and ask yourself the question, am I willing, am I ready to lead someone else? Because that's the fruit of the gospel. That's why we're here today. Everyone leads someone the Holy Spirit's spoken to your heart, and, he, and you want to get intentional about leading someone else in your ministry, in your life, in your discipleship group, whatever it looks like, you say, God, use me to lead someone else. If that's your prayer, it's the prayer of your heart, and you're going to act on it, would you lift up your hand right now? God, use me to apprentice. Praise God. God, use me to apprentice someone else intentionally. I'm going to intentionally do it. I'm going to intentionally do it for the glory of the King. Jesus, we thank you for your word today. We thank you, Lord, for the way in which you have touched so many hearts. We pray, Lord, that the power of your spirit would be present. We recognize, Lord, that it can be really easy to make a decision sitting here in a sanctuary on Sunday morning. But it can be really hard to live it out in the world around us. So we pray, Lord, for your courage. We pray for your strength. We pray for your power, a hedge of protection around us to fulfill the good works which you've called us to do. In Jesus' name we pray. As we continue to pray, heads bowed, eyes closed, this is the most important question of the day. Because there are a number of you here that God has brought you to this moment, in this place, for this particular reason. We've asked ourselves the question, who are you serving? Where are you serving? And who are you leading? But today there are some of you that need to answer this question first. Who are you following? Who are you following? Who's, who are you following? Are you following the world or are you following Jesus? Are you following what God has called you to become? Are you following what your spiritual enemy is leading you to become? And maybe you're here today, you say, well, I'm not either one. I'm my own man, I'm my own woman, I'm doing my own thing. And as good as that sounds in our culture today, the truth of the matter is it's simply not true. You're either a follower of Jesus or you're a follower of the world. And before you can serve somewhere, before you can lead anyone else, your heart's got to be right with him. And maybe some of you here today, you said, you know, that verse, is in, that verse in Judges about everybody just living as they saw fit, that defines me right now. That defines me I, I, I don't know who I'm following. I don't know what I'm doing. I, I, my life is without direction. My life is without order. I'm missing something. There's this void in my heart. There's this void in my life. And I know what I need. I need a relationship with my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And today, if that's you, I want you to hear this. God will take you right where you are. You don't have to be all cleaned up to accept Jesus. I hear it so often. Well, I've got to get my life right first, and then I'll be ready. I've got to get some things taken care of first, and then I'll be ready. I've got to look good first, and then I'll be ready. And what Jesus says is, it's actually the exact opposite. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. He's the one that cleans you up. He's the one that sets you straight. He's the one that helps you along. You were never expected to do it by yourself. That's why the power of the Holy Spirit is here. There's some of you here today, you've said, you know what? 
I've made some bad decisions. I've I followed my own path. I've followed the world. I, I've, I've done what I shouldn't have done. I've said what I shouldn't have said. I've gone where I shouldn't have gone. But today, by the grace of Jesus and by the power of the Spirit, I am coming back home. I am coming back home, and I am following Jesus. I have decided right now, today, to follow Jesus, and there is no turning back. If that is your prayer today, you say, Jesus, I need you. I need a Savior. I need forgiveness. I need salvation, and I'm never turning back. If that's your prayer today, would you lift your hand high right now? all over the sanctuary. Right now, I'm never turning back. You three in the front, praise God. You two down here, praise God. See you, brother. Thanks be to God. Who else? Who else? Who else? I'm never turning back. Thanks be to God. Praise Jesus. Anyone else? Never turning back. Today's the day. Today's the day. Before I can lead anyone, before I can serve somewhere, I've got to follow Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. At First Church, we all pray together. No one prays alone. This special moment as people enter into the glory of salvation together. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, I need you. I need forgiveness. I need to follow you. Teach me your ways. Teach me your path. Forgive me of my sins. I need salvation. Jesus, you died so I could be forgiven. You rose again so I could be set free. And from this day forward, I'm never turning back. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. First Church, would you celebrate with me the good news of new life in the kingdom of God today? Let's stand and sing this song together.